On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, human resources might not be the most exciting topic for brewery owners, but it's important and there are enthusiastic individuals ready to tackle that part of the business. Having the right person in your corner can only help your business operate on solid ground. This is John Hall and welcome to episode 50. A quick word on content. The show is for nano brewers, both existing and in planning. So tell us what you want to hear. What are the topics you want to learn more about? What issues are you interested in? And who are the brewers you want to hear from? You can email us. It's nano at byo.com. And now on to the show. Let's talk about human resources. It's more than just managing the relationship between a company and employees. It's about keeping a company on solid ground, staying up to date with laws, and working to make the often unseen aspects of a business operate smoothly. This is especially true with breweries. Emily Kripe, the Senior Director of Human Resources at Chicago's Half Acre Beer Company, is here to explain. But first, a word of thanks to this show's sponsor, and we hope you'll give them a closer look. Get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nano plus for more details. Now let's get into the conversation. My guest today is Emily Kripe. She is the Senior Director of Human Resources at Half Acre Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois. She has 18 years of HR experience across a variety of industries. As an HR generalist by training, her specialty is working in startups and small to medium-sized businesses and subsidiaries, creating and managing HR from the ground up. She created the human resources function at Half Acre, where she's worked since March of 2017. She joined me via Zoom. Emily, thanks for being on the show this month. For those listening, my and myself included now, who are not intimately familiar with your area of expertise, let's start at the very basic beginning. And I'll ask you, what is human resources? Sure. Um... You know, that's that's a pretty common question, um, especially for small business owners or or people who haven't maybe haven't worked with HR before. Um, but human resources encompasses um, a bunch of uh, miscellaneous functions that all connect to um, the um really the humans, the individuals who make up the organization and how they work together. Um, so when you think of HR, you might be thinking of um, responsibilities around hiring and recruiting and actually what we call onboarding, but getting new hires, um, all the information they need to get settled and get started. Um, we also usually handle benefits, um, both the um, selection of benefits and also the administration of benefits. And when I say benefits, I mean um, health insurance and some of those other um, related insurances, dental vision, et cetera. Um, yeah. We also often do payroll. Um, 
And then we're responsible for things like training and development. And, and that's not like the sort of specialized training that comes with, say, production roles, but more like soft skills training, manager training, things like that. Um, and then um, we also deal with what I, you know, in HR is broadly referred to as employee relations. Um, and that is anything from, you know, dealing with disciplinary processes. Um, but it can also be things like mediating um, disputes between employees, um, handling sensitive or confidential situations, um, you know, providing feedback and, and, and also listening to employees if they have feedback or they have um, um, issues that they, that they want to share. So dealing with performance um, and interpersonal issues, I guess is another way of looking at that. And then finally, and, and this is a big one, um, a lot of what we do involves um, staying on top of and interpreting and applying um, to federal, state, and local laws um, to make sure that as a business that we're compliant and that we're, um, you know, th that we're following the law and, and um, applying it correctly to our business based on where we're located and our size. Okay, so there's... It's, there's... it's a lot of miscellaneous... <laughs> I, but I, but the, there's so much though to to that that falls under you know a two word umbrella. Um, how did you come to work in HR? I mean, I I have so many folks on the show where you know I, I talk to brewers a lot or you know owners and all of that, and there's a you know sort of a similar uh, story and a similar path. But I don't know if I've had an HR professional a professional on a show before. So how do you how do you get to this point? Well, you know, it's interesting. So for me, I've, I've been in human resources for uh, about 18 years now, 17, 18 years. Um, and I kind of lucked into it or <laughs> fell into it. Um, you know, when I was um, toward the beginning of my career, um, I didn't even necessarily know what HR was, or I, I wasn't looking to get, break into HR. I was simply looking for, um, you know, an, an office job that had insurance and um, maybe some paid vacation time and something that was steady and reliable. Um, and I uh, was lucky enough to, to, to find a position um, doing administrative work, but for an HR um, department at a, a global law firm here in Chicago. Um, and I, I got my foot in the door there and um, I really took to it. So, and I had some, um, some great coworkers there and, and it was a big department that serving um, a global, uh, a global group of employees. And it was a great crash course in, um, in what HR is. And, and I really recommend something like a law firm for learning the proper way to practice HR and, and to stay on top of, especially the legal, um, the legislative landscape when it comes to HR. Um, so I, I really worked my way up there. I was there for quite a few years. Um, and then, 
after leaving the law firm, um, I moved to a digital marketing company, practice HR there um, in a more managerial role for a few years. Um, and then um, I was working for an industrial real estate firm in HR for a while before moving over to Half Acre. So, um, you know, I just learned by doing and just steadily worked my way up and, 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 and I felt that um, getting exposure to a handful of different kinds of businesses, um, you know, in, in different industries ended up being pretty critical as well. It gave me a lot of different kinds of HR um, experience. Now that's my path. I would yeah. say that um, these days uh, there are a lot more um, co college level programs that are dedicated specifically to the field of HR. So you yeah. can major in that and study that. And sometimes employers are even looking for those degreed programs, but that just wasn't that common back when I was getting started. And, um, and the experience I got on the job was, um, you know, really a great foundation for me and, and was really what I ended up needing to make a career out of it. You know, I, I see a lot of advertisements or, you know, I've talked to folks who have who have gone into HR because there are, as you mentioned, you know, these you know, college courses now and, and, and degrees and all of that. Um, in talking with brewers a lot, there, there's usually a, I don't know, a, a personality trait that comes through of the kind of temperament um, or skill set that it takes to be a really excellent brewer. Um I'm I'm not advocating for anybody to make a career change if they're listening to this, but um, what what does it take to what are the, the you know the personality traits the skill sets um, that make a good HR professional in your opinion? Well, you know we have a reputation of uh, for being the the Tobies of the office, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely worked with people who, um, you know, remind me of that character. But um, I'd say that more often, you know, the people who I've seen who are really successful in HR um, are are actually people, you know, um, people who are empathetic and um, who genuinely genuinely care about the the people they work with. Um, so I would say, you know, having that, you don't have to be an extrovert, but having that sort of people first mentality and, and an empathetic nature is really helpful. And then, um, well, in my role in particular, um, I'm what's called a generalist, which means that you do a little bit of everything. And so adaptability is really important because no two days look alike. And, you know, a typical day for me involves working, on, you know, 10, 12 different kinds of, you know, totally unrelated um, projects or tasks that are that are very different from one another. So yeah, that adaptability and flexibility as well. Um, and finally, and this does not come naturally to me, I really had to teach myself to do this over the years, but um, you have to have a willingness um, to have uncomfortable conversations. And um, fortunately, that doesn't happen all the time, but um, it is something that happens once in a while. And, and in order to do a good job, you've got to just teach yourself to have direct conversations. Yeah. 
And plus, there's a tap room downstairs for after those conversations to take the edge off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, when does it make sense for a brewery to bring on an HR professional? Um, so every brewery is going to be a little bit different, but I'd say, um, you know, some of the clues that you'd want to look for are, first of all, your size. And when I say size, I don't mean production size. I mean, headcount. Um, mm -hmm. and here at half acre, I want to say, I think they had about 70 people maybe when I started something like that. And, um, and that was fine. They'd been managing, you know, they'd been managing just fine before then. But I think, you know, they, they, the, there was starting to be a strain on the managers because they were doing a lot of the work that is now um, on my plate. So size is, is one factor. Um, and then I would say, you know, if you're a brewery uh, where you are finding that you're struggling to stay on top of federal, state, local laws um, that, that apply to your business, and or if you're finding that um, you're if, if you're finding that your employees are asking for either HR or for the things that HR would normally handle, um, you might consider whether it's time to uh, to take that step. And yeah, and, and you know, employees, even though HR um, sometimes has a mixed reputation, um, employees do ask for things like performance feedback and I was going to ask like what books yeah and, what are the questions that that folks are are asking when they should start to consider so th they are probably going to be asking for a regularly updated employee handbook um like i said performance yeah. regular performance reviews um Things like um, someone who is dedicated to explaining and administering their benefits, because um, as a small business, you can you know you can handle that on your own. But once you get to the point where um, you know those benefits questions are coming all the time and you don't really have anyone trained to answer them, that that could be a clue. Um, and then um, I would say also if you've got a lot of turnover. Um, number one, that might be an indication that you need someone dedicated to looking at why that's happening and trying to help fix it. Um, but then on top of that, that means that you're also going to have a lot of recruiting, meaning job posting, interviews, hiring, and all the corresponding new hire training that goes on with that. And all of that stuff can just be so time consuming for managers. Um, you know, that, that that might be a clue that that it's time to um, to bring someone on. Yeah. Is there. I, I, I know it's never too late, but when folks start asking questions like that, when employees start asking questions like that, um, are are our owners already then behind the eight ball a little bit? I guess uh -huh. there's more ground to make up or is it something that a dedicated professional can come in and get into shape hopefully relatively quickly. I'd say I I'd say it's the latter. You can Okay. I think I think that's a sign that they that you know you might want to consider it and then 
um, someone who, um, again, because of the size of the business that we're talking about here, um, someone who has a more generalist background, meaning that they have experience doing a little bit of everything or multiple components of HR, um, and especially anyone who has experience working in other small businesses, and it doesn't have to be brewing, it could be like startups or, um, you know, other types of small businesses, those folks should be able to come in um, and sort of assess where you are and um, and build a program from the ground up. It's not going to happen overnight, um, but, you know, they... Um, I would say that it's more like that's that's the time when um, someone can come in and, and really transform and, and and build that function from scratch um, rather than that the brewery is is behind schedule. That makes sense. Um, so what are the, I guess there's going to be some folks who are listening, some owners who are listening who say, you know, yeah, I, I probably should hire somebody. Um, but having, uh, you know, a full-time employee when I only have, you know, three other people in the, in the place or five other people, uh, in the place, um, doesn't necessarily make sense. Is, is there, there are outside options, right. Of services or companies that you can use. Um, yep. Uh, so I would say, um, you know, to your point, a business of that size, you know, it probably doesn't make sense for them to um, to hire someone on full time. And so there are some really great resources out there that can, um, you know, that can uh, uh, help with that sort of thing um, and, and provide HR support where they're lacking. Um, so specifically, I would say um, you could first of all, consider um, looking into a membership with the Society of Human Resources Management or SHRM, S-H-R-M. So that is the largest um, professional organization for human resources. And you you can buy an annual membership. Uh, I think it's a couple hundred bucks, maybe like 200 bucks. Um, and that membership gets you access to a whole uh, bunch of information online. Um, and when I say information, I mean, you can look up the answers to questions you might have. So that's great. But also you can read legal briefings about your state and your area. Um, and then they have a bunch of templates. So things like handbooks, job descriptions, um, policy documents, um, all sorts of things. Um, you, and you can just download, download, download those templates for free, um, and, and make them your own. And then finally they have a hotline, um, and a, uh, a couple of trained HR professionals on call basically, um, who can, can weigh in and, and help answer, basic human resources questions. So SHRM is definitely a great um, resource. And then the other thing I'd recommend is um, you could look up a PEO um, and that's a professional employer organization. Okay. Um, I've worked with 
a couple of those in the past. And, and those are um, companies that they basically serve as a co-employer with you and they provide um, a, a really a full suite of HR services. So they'll, they can help with payroll, they can help with benefits and they can really serve as your, as your HR for, for basic HR questions. And those organizations are used to dealing with small businesses. So they have a pricing model that scales based on the number of employees you have. And they, they work with the extremely small to the fairly large. Um, so those can be great resources too. Um, so those are the, those are the two main ones The you know, the, the other thing I'd mention is, um, you know, workers comp falls at least partially, if not entirely under HR, um, at many organizations. And so specifically in the realm of workers comp, if you are looking for resources, um, I would recommend reaching out to your, whoever provides your business insurance. Um, and they probably can, um, you know, connect you and, and answer questions related to workers comp and, and connect you with, um, with a policy and with someone who can, can assist with administering that program. Yeah. Um, I guess I actually have one more suggestion, sure, which is please. when a brewery is ready to look at offering health benefits. Um, I think a lot of times breweries don't realize that there are, um, something called benefits brokers out there. And these are organizations, they're third parties that are basically a liaison between a business and the insurance carrier. And when I say a carrier, I mean like a Blue Cross Blue Shield or a Cigna or United Healthcare. Um, so these organizations act as a liaison and they help negotiate um, rates for businesses um, to make insurance more affordable. And then they'll also help you um, and act as a liaison between you and the insurance company. So um, not just with negotiation, but set up, they'll tell you, you know, what you need to send out and when they'll help you with open enrollment. They'll help your employees. If your employees have a question. Um, and, and, and the nice thing about the brokers is that typically um, their cost is going to be rolled into any sort of insurance um, arrangement. So you're not paying them a monthly fee or anything. They're, they're probably, they have, they get an administrative, um, percentage of the insurance, um, pricing that, that ends up getting negotiated. So okay. that can be a, a resource as well. I like that. Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds <laughs> for me, at least as I'm hearing this, having somebody who is dedicated to understanding that this whole world kind of makes sense um for folks who are just getting started or thinking about opening up a, a, a brewery um are there are there boot camps are there um i don't know books that like a small business owner should read um or you know i i, I know you mentioned that the society the, the the professional society but um are there, you know, one or two things that small business owners should familiarize themselves with as they're getting ready to open up a business, even if they're not immediately going to be hiring employees? Um, 
Yes. I mean, I'd say <laughs> for brewery, for brewery owners specifically. Um, so those, those other resources I mentioned are for any sort of business, any sure. sort of small business. Um, but for brewery owners specifically, first of all, I'd recommend a Brewers Association membership um, because the Brewers Association has a dedicated um, HR professional whose job it is to help breweries and to pro provide basic general resources for breweries um, when it comes to human resources. Her name is Holly Haslam. She's awesome. Um, and sh she has a whole suite of information out there on the Brewers Association website. And they, she does podcasts um, and webinars um, and is available for questions. So that's one resource I'd say right off the top because um, it's it's brewery specific um, and, and really well done. Um, and then otherwise, once, you know, once the business is up and running, um, I am a member of the, and this is a volunteer led and organized group, but the Craft Beer Human Resources Group. Um, and we are a group of HR professionals and brewery owners and managers. And this would really be, um, you know, uh, the person at the brewery who handles the HR function as a big chunk of their job. So you'd want it to be the relevant person as the member of this group. But um, as a group, we offer, um, again, free webinars. And um, we also conduct a um, compensation survey, um, you know, once or twice, excuse me, once a year or every other year. Um, and then we have an in-person summit every year as well, where we get together and have speakers and, and breakout sessions and learn from one another. So that's, oh, that's a great fun. resource. Yeah. And if someone wanted to join that, um, they could reach out to me directly, um, at Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at halfacrebeer.com um, and I could add them to the membership list and and explain a little bit more about it. I like that. Um, I, I'm wondering if there are, because you've worked in other fields before coming to the brewing industry, are there brewery or beer specific areas of HR that don't exist in other industries? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, um, and, you know, it. I feel like it, that's certainly kept it interesting for me coming into this industry, um, even seven years after I, I joined Half Acre. Um, I would say, and, and this isn't unique to Half Acre either, this is across the industry, but certainly... The business model that a lot of breweries have, which is a restaurant combined with a manufacturing facility, um, it, it just means that, um, you know, whoever is coming into the HR role, they need to be comfortable and prepared to handle, like, say, workers' comp issues and, and safety you know, safety related issues that might come up in a production facility while yeah. also being prepared to 
be well versed in how tips are paid in your state and you know what say the tipped minimum wages for example because you're also running a restaurant and these things are such wildly different you know that it's just like a, a very two very different um working environments sort of slammed together um so that's certainly you know that I, I wasn't quite prepared for that um it's, it's the, the issues are so unique in each area and then um dealing with alcohol uh on the job I, that's that's the other one um and you know i obviously yeah. I, I obviously knew to expect that walking into this role um but it, it's a challenge because you know i i wanted to come and work at a brewery because i love craft beer and i and i love the, our brewery specifically. Um, and I like to drink beer, um, just like all of all or most of my coworkers. Um, but I'm also in the position of trying to create some um some rules and some policies around, you know, when and how we can make sure that we're being safe with alcohol. Um <clears throat> and you know, that we're not, uh, you know, that just that we're being careful and, and making sure that, um, you know, people are employees are enjoying our product responsibly. Um, and having that in writing I mentioned, is important. Yeah. Having it in writing and then reiterating it, I guess, regularly, reiterating it regularly without, um, you know, while still trying to maintain the balance of, um, you know, of, of, of keeping our culture, uh, you know, as fun and free as, as we've always enjoyed it to be. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a balancing act. Yeah. But there are, I mean, I, I, I've seen it, unfortunately, there are real life ramifications of folks not adhering to it. And I'm not saying I'm without exactly. sin because I'm certainly not, but, um, um, having the expectations of, yeah, this is fun, but this is also, you know, serious and can impair you at times. Um, having those expectations and having those, I mean, one, I guess, saves the company later on, but also um, can can help people keep things in line. Right, right, exactly. You know, I'm, I always emphasize to my coworkers here that I am not one of those um, HR people who um, likes rules for rules sake. I just like, you know, I, I'm not, if we're creating a policy around something, it's not because I enjoy um, telling people what they can and can't do. It's <laughs> because, um, you, you know, it's because I, we're trying to keep people safe um, and because we know that the consequences um, you know, the, the consequences can be really catastrophic if we're, you know, if we're, if we're not following these policies. So, yeah. um, like I said, it's a balancing act, but I, I think, you know, I'm fortunate to work somewhere where I think most of the time, you know, my coworkers recognize that, um, you know, that it's, uh, coming from a good intention. And, and they do genu genuinely care about keeping each other safe. Um, you know, we've got an environment where 
our employees really, you know, our, our teams really care about one another. And um, that that's certainly helpful when enforcing a policy like this. Yeah. Um, there's all these various things that you mentioned early on about everything that an HR professional does, the onboarding, the benefits and health, payroll, uh, training development. Um, uh, and on that, you, you started ta to talk about soft skill training, which I'm not quite sure what that was. So I wanted to know a little bit more. Um, uh, but then management training as well. And I know there are a lot of people who get into beer and, and, and the brewing industry, um, wanting to, um, climb the ranks, you know, they don't want to be a keg washer forever. Or they, you know, if they're an assistant brewer, they want to be a head brewer one day. Um, all of that. Um, I, I wonder one, what soft skill training is, and then two, briefly just sort of how to approach management training and helping people take on responsibilities for better titles and assuming better pay and benefits. Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to soft skills training, first of all, that's um, referring to trainings that are specifically designed to build um, the, those skills that are um, more interpersonal um, and, and are uh, based around how you relate to others, um, whether it's the people you manage or your colleagues. Um, so that might be something like, like, for example, I have a training that is designed for what I call indirect managers. So that's maybe like a team lead or an assistant manager or someone who doesn't directly manage people, but might still need to delegate to them um, or, or someone who might be in charge when the manager is away. Um, and that whole training is all about soft skills. So things like how to step into your authority when you're, you know, trying to do that for the first time, um, how to delegate, how to um, give feedback, um, so a lot of that's around communication. Um, so that's when I think of soft skills, those are the kinds of the kinds of things I'm talking about. Um, and so um, we we try to do that for. Um, especially for anyone who is maybe not quite a manager yet, but uh, in that sort of transition role. Um, as far as manager training is concerned, I think, you know, there are two paths. One is there are additional soft skills that you might work on with the manager. So basically like the next level of, of what I was just describing with that indirect manager training. Um, but then we have a whole um training that we put all of our managers through that's specifically about um, laws that they need to know that are specifically applicable, both, you know, both federal, state, and local um, laws that are applicable to our brewery um, and to them as managers. Um, we also talk about things like um, uh, how to write a job description what to include, what not to include, um, how to deliver performance reviews, you know, talking specifically about what our performance review process looks like and what our expectations are. Um, we talked about safety a bit earlier, but, um, you know, we talk in that training more directly and specifically about a manager's responsibility when there's a safety incident. Um, 
you know, what steps they need to follow. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, no manager training would really be complete if we weren't also talking about, um, some of our handbook policies that they're going to be expected to enforce. So things like, um, sexual harassment prevention and, and bullying, discrimination, um, just making sure that they're keeping an eye out for those things. And if they're occurring, that they know that they're going to be responsible for reporting um, and, and, and dealing with those issues. So that, that yeah. those kinds of trainings are a bit more, mm, I guess, uh, based on um, uh, direct policies and um, procedures and a little less soft skills. Okay. Um, and then I guess the, 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 one of the last things I wanted to ask you about was, um, staying on top of the federal, state and local laws to make sure that folks are compliant. And I, I know that that association that you mentioned, um, will have some of those resources up there, but, um, what are the, if, if, if you're not paying attention to that, how catastrophic can it be for your business? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so first of all, um, before I answer your question, I wanted to mention, um, one way that I, um, that we haven't talked about yet that I, uh, try use to keep on top of all of these laws, because even, even I, as I'm paying attention to what's happening in the legal landscape, I, even I can miss, you know, some piece of say county specific legislation that passed that might impact our business. So what I do is I um, have connected with a couple of law firms um, and specifically the law firm Seifarth Shaw is a, they specialize in employment law. Um, but, but I also work with a couple of others. Um, and oftentimes you'll find that these law firms um global or even local law firms have webinars and other free training sessions and they'll also send out you can sign up on their um on their email list and they'll send out um legislative alerts when there is a law change in your state or your um or your county and that can be a good way to just get right in your inbox an alert that says, okay, there's been a state law change. I better look into this. Okay. And those are free. Um, and then as far as how catastrophic it can be, I mean, it it can be, it, well, you could get sued. Um, and, and I don't mean to be alarmist, but, um, you know, a business should take that seriously. Um, if you find yourself on you know, on the wrong side of a law, um, you know, ho hopefully you wouldn't get to that stage. Hopefully you'd um, realize that there is an issue and correct it first. Um, right. But if you're willfully um, or or sometimes even inadvertently. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, just simply saying, oh, I didn't know that isn't a good legal defense. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, there are, um, you know, there are a variety of the kinds of penalties that your business might, um, you know, might suffer if, um, 
if you're not compliant with some of these laws. So I, I'd say it's pretty important. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need an HR person when you're a super small business. A lot of times for the really small businesses, some of these laws don't apply. There's a threshold of, you know, a number of employees, but it's certainly something to be thinking about as you're trying to decide when to hire. Um, and in the meantime, before you hire, I would again be proactive as a business owner and make sure that you're signing up for some of these resources um, just so that you can stay on top of, of what might be applicable to your business. Um, we covered a lot. Um, and I'm wondering for those who are listening right now who run small breweries, what's the, what's the homework you'd like to give them? What's the assignment you'd like to give them, um, when it comes to HR? Uh, well, I would say, you know, first and foremost, I would, um, take a look at um, the SHRM website and the Brewers Association website um, and just get familiar if you aren't already about some of the um, federal, state, and local laws that, that might pertain to your brewery. Um, and, you know, on those sites, although they are paid memberships. You should be able to get some general information um, on the free section of those websites. Um, so th that would be step one is just to really get an understanding of what laws are applicable. Um, and then I would also say get a written handbook um, with all of your policies and procedures. And I know it might seem a bit like a box checking exercise, but um you know, I, I can say that our employees reference that all the time and not because they want to point out that we're doing something wrong, but rather they want to be able to have a place where they can look up, um, you know, the rules and the policies and, and understand how things are handled here. So I'd say getting a handbook in place is, is step number two. Um, and, and again, if you have a business insurance if you have business insurance, they may have someone available to you who can eyeball your handbook um, and just make some suggestions. Certainly, that's what our business insurance does. Um, you know, they, they they're able to take a look at it and, and give us some ideas of um, of where we might finesse some of the language or or reword some policies. So yeah, those those two things. And then, you know, keep an eye on your headcount and um, and really listen to your managers and your employees. Um, and as they start to ask more and more for some of the some of the things that HR would typically handle. Um, and if you're finding that you don't have anyone who can answer their questions or who, or who can help them with what they need, I would I would take that seriously and start to think about either hiring an HR professional or looking into one of those PEOs or professional um, employer organizations who um, as part of their, um, their package might employ an outside HR person who can, who can answer some of those questions. I like it so much to be thinking about. Um, <laughs> it's uh, 
and I'm, yeah. and I'm glad that people are are like you that are that are, that are doing it um yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I really love it well no I was just gonna going to say I really love it and um you know it the the field is not for everyone and I imagine there are some people who are listening who are like thinking that it sounds really boring uh, or not at all what they signed up for when they decided that they wanted to have a brewery. <laughs> They're just not interested in, in any of that. But there are plenty of people out there like me who find it really interesting. And, um, you know, this is what we do day in and day out. So we can take, um, you know, we can we can take that uh, task off your plate. <laughs> I like that. Um, thanks for being on the show this month. Thanks for sharing your insights and your passion. This is this is a really fun conversation on something that I ordinarily think of as very dry, but it's there's a <laughs> lot of important stuff here. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for doing what you do. Yes, you're welcome. My pleasure. What are your small brewery HR goals? Tell us by emailing nano at byo.com. Or you can also tag BYO on all of the various BYO social media channels. And I'll invite you to head over to BYO.com slash nanopodcast. There, you can subscribe to the newsletter, the magazine, and catch up with great pro-brewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of every month, so subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing nano at BYO.com. And again, you can also check in with us on all of the BYO social media channels. As always, thanks to this episode's sponsors. You can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast from All About Beer. Find that where podcasts are found, and I hope you'll tune in. Our theme music was created by Scott McCampbell, and we thank him for that. And once again, be sure to check out BYO.com slash nanopodcast for all of your nano brewing needs. For now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day. <laughs>